You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, your host here, Colt Molesky, bringing you Timberwolves content. Make sure to check out the Locked On NBA Podcast Network, as well as the Locked On NBA Podcast. Lots of great shows going up every single day. Make sure you're not missing out on any of the fantastic content from any of our talented hosts. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, more Jimmy Butler news, more stuff breaking every single day, it seems, uh, and I'm here to talk about all of it. We also have uh, the Clippers game tonight, Tim Wolves on the road in Los Angeles playing the Clippers at the Staples Center. Should be a pretty solid game. We'll do some previewing of that, as well as the general feeling around the Timberwolves. We're, we've got a preseason game under our belt. We've got uh, all the M- We're in full NBA gear now for the last couple of weeks, and with all the storylines, uh, I wanted to gauge how people are feeling about this Timberwolves team, whether that's media what people are talking about around this team, the general feelings uh, when I'm talking with people around this team, how do they feel? Because this is a very confusing team to get a read on right now, and I'll get into all that later. First of all, let's have our daily uh, our daily Jimmy Butler talk, as it were. Uh, so Yahoo Sports broke with some news. It was uh, after the podcast uh, launched on Monday, and uh, so I didn't get a chance to talk about it then, but... We did talk about, if you, if you listened to the show a couple days ago, uh, we did talk about on the show how Jimmy Butler says he feels like the Timberwolves are not trying to trade him. And I went over why that is ridiculous and why I think that ship could not be uh, at the dock still because it feels like the whole Jimmy Butler being a Timberwolf has kind of sailed. And then you see this report from Yahoo Sports talking about how Jimmy Butler claims he requested a trade about a month ago, and the team kind of ignored it, kind of pushed it off, kind of sloughed it off as something that, that they could figure out, that they could work out, or just Jimmy Butler being a little angsty, and they thought it would work itself out. Now, I'm not going to overreact to this and, and say, well, if they – if that's the way they acted about it a month ago and then they're having trouble getting a deal done now, then this deal might never get done and they're going to get raked over the coals. I'm not going to – that's not the proper reaction to have. I have seen some people have that reaction. Uh, if, you, if you dive too deep into NBA Reddit, you can see every reaction though. But the, I think there is – talking to some Timberwolves fans, talking to other people who cover uh, – who cover sports, cover basketball, and listening to them talk about the Timberwolves, there does seem to be this idea that Jimmy Butler requesting the trade is kind of the, the ish hitting the fan, as it were. And so there's not going to be any hope of this getting resolved reasonably because this kind of throws the whole playbook for the Timberwolves into the fire and they aren't really sure what to do. I don't think that's true. That said... If it is true that Jimmy Butler requested a trade and Tibbs thought that he could just bring him back to the fold eventually over a month, that is pretty bad just because it feels like you've squandered 
uh, a month of time to get this trade deal done. Like I've said before, this is a complicated trade to get done when it, uh, when teams know that not only is this guy going to be a free agent eventually anyway, but he doesn't even want to be there. And so they've got to get him out of there. Not only does that put that team in a tough spot, but giving yourself such a, a accelerated clock on this thing makes it so much harder. It really does feel like, while I don't think they're trying to get Jimmy Butler back in the fold now, it does feel like there is a naive approach being brought to this whole situation. Whether this is true or not, there is still a naive approach, but especially if it is true, there's a naive approach that they thought they could get Jimmy Butler back after all the tumult of the offseason and the stuff that was going on during the season. Again, this is not something that happened this summer. This is something that's been going on for some time now. But there's a naive approach by the Timberwolves front office, by Glenn Taylor, by Tibbs, thinking not only that they could get Butler back into this thing, but also expectations for what they can get from Jimmy Butler when they're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place here. There is uh, there is a delicate balance between not wanting to grab Hassan Whiteside and his contract and his problems and expecting to get Ben Simmons. And it feels like they haven't found that balance yet. And the clock is running out quickly. And so they need to figure they need to figure out fast what they're actually going to be able to get for him. And they need to have a come to Jesus moment with what uh, what they can realistically expect another team to give up for Jimmy Butler when they know that they could just wait this thing out and get him uh, without having to give up any assets. And so, and again, the, the free agency is a little bit of a gamble it, uh, for some teams. Maybe some teams think that they have a sales pitch to keep him around, but they don't think that they could grab him in free agency. I, I get that. And so that is maybe a, a slight advantage for the Timberwolves, but in general, the Timberwolves are behind the eight ball here just as far as not only the time of this thing, but also uh, how they're expected to wheel and deal uh, a trade out of this situation. And so it feels like there is a naive approach being met by the Timberwolves with, uh, with the way they're thinking and they're approaching this trade. And I hope to see it turn around quickly. I don't have an answer really as far as what they should do. I've already given the guys I think they should make trades for. Uh, I think there's some interesting pieces on the Clippers. If you can, Like I said before, if you can get uh, Jerome Robinson from that team, I know that they have said that they don't really want to deal any of their young guys from this last draft. But if you can get that guy and maybe, I don't know, say you take Gallinari and you give them Gory and Jimmy Butler and you pick up the Gallinari contract, something like that, that's not a terrible deal at all. Uh, and I think that if you're going to pick up a bad contract, I think Gallinari is uh, if betting on him being healthy. You're probably going to give him a lot more minutes than they are giving Gorgie in this offense right now. Anyways, uh, I've already said that Justin Winslow, uh, Josh Richardson, uh, if one or both of those guys is in a deal from Miami to the Timberwolves, that would be a great trade for them. I've talked about Chris Middleton. Uh Levert from the, the Brooklyn Nets, if they can grab him. I know that they said he wasn't on the trading table, but you got to get him in a trade with the Nets. If you can get uh, one of the young pieces from the the Knicks, I'm not sure how willing they'd be to trading like a Mitchell Robinson maybe, but 
if you can get somebody uh, who has a lot, a, a big ceiling, and then maybe a couple role players, that's the that's the trade. And so I already know what I think they should be going for, what I hope they're going for, and it seems like they're going for too much, and it seems like they're not willing to take any baggage, even though they expect a team to pick up Gorgie's uh, contract. So it, it, it just seems like with the problem seems to be that the, the Timberwolves are naive right now. And hopefully that doesn't last too much longer because we are running quickly out of time here before we have to have the awkward conversation of does Jimmy Butler suit up with a team that he kind of burned over the summer multiple times for multiple players on this roster. So, yeah, that's where, that's where we are with that situation. Uh, moving on to tonight's game. Clippers are playing. The Timberwolves are hosting the Timberwolves. It'll be the second preseason game for the Timberwolves. A uh, couple things that I think that you can build on from last game. First of all, we talked about the three-point shooting. Again, I would really love to see more three-point shooting from the, the Timberwolves. I hope that this turns out to be a trend, not just a flash. And I would love to see them uh, continue to, to elevate their game from outside. As far as what you're going to see from the Clippers, if you're looking at the game against the Sydney Kings, I know that uh, it's probably not the best competition to try and get a gauge on. But just as far as what they're going to be doing, uh, you saw them play. You saw them play Shea Gilchrist Alexander, uh, 24 minutes, and he actually played fairly well. 10 points, uh, four steals, four assists, uh, looking pretty good defensively. Again, uh, this is against the uh, the Sydney Kings, so take that with a grain of salt. But you know what? Uh, first outing looking pretty solid. Uh, you have guys like uh, Luke Mamamute, Mamamute, excuse me, uh, coming off the bench. You have Lou Williams still coming off the bench. So their second unit, I think, will be interesting to test the the Timberwolves' second unit, uh, just as far as when you're opening up the game and you have the starters come out. Uh, to start the game, when they switch gears to that second unit and you're kind of seeing the formula for how the Timberwolves attack a second unit uh, before they kind of go into preseason mode, I think that'll be interesting. Uh, I also think you're going to see maybe, possibly you're going to see a little bit more of the Timberwolves stars because it feels like the the Clippers will play their stars a little bit more if you're just looking at their minute load against the Sydney Kings. Uh, Again, that could change in their second game, but... Maybe you see a little bit more of Towns. I think you're going to see quite a bit of Derrick Rose in this game. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of Josh Okogie, Kiyobe's job. And I, I would like to see how those guys play both against the speed of a lot of the, the guards that they have on this team. I think you're going to really, I think there's a really good opportunity to test Josh Okogie just as far as all right, we're going to throw you against some really quick guys. How do you handle Lou Williams? Lou Williams is going to throw some things at you. How do you handle him? How do you handle when you make a mistake against a quick guy like that and you have to recover? What does that look like? I think it's a terrific opportunity to see how he does. I I think you know kind of right away uh, kind of a bigger guard or a a small forward. You, You know that he can kind of muscle with that guy. But it's really hard to try and keep pace with the quick guards like Lou Williams in this league. And so I, it'll be a really interesting test to see how he does 
against that guy. And just in general, uh, this team took 33 threes. Uh, they're going to take a lot of threes. They're going to uh, expand. And you saw this when the Clippers played the Timberwolves last season in the regular season. The Clippers took a lot. They, I believe it was 41 threes they averaged, uh, 41 three attempts they averaged against the Timberwolves. And they're going to take a lot of threes against this team. They're going to test the perimeter. I want to see how they respond. I know that, again, this game, uh, the outcome is just an exhibition. But at the same time, it's good to see is there a, a shift and adjust in the perimeter defense? Is there a way they attack maybe their uh, their three-point offense and try and pick up the pace and see how the Clippers handle when the Timberwolves throw some three-point offense their way and pick up the pace and try and match with them? I'm really interested to see just the mechanics of how this team works against uh, a Clippers team that is going to go a little more up-tempo, a little more fast-paced. And obviously they played the Warriors the first uh, the first game. That's a, a fast-paced team that's going to shoot a lot of threes. So now can all this is about can you sustain it? Can Is this something that's a trend? Can you do it throughout the preseason? Because I'm hoping, I'm desperately hoping that is an indicator that, yes, this is what we want to do. This is what we're shooting for, and this is what we're playing for in the regular season. I know that they've shown last season that this team gets up for the Warriors. This team can get up for the big games. This team can uh, can change a little bit and flux a little bit to try and really compete with the the big the big fighter on on the card. But how do you do against the Clippers? How do you do against the Kings? How do you do against Orlando Magic? I want to see consistency from this team and I want to see consistent create consistent creativity from the Timberwolves. And so this is a perfect way to show it. You were really fun, and you did a really good job against a Warriors team, trying out some new things, showing some different things. Show me that it's not something like last year where you just threw that stuff out against the Warriors. Do it against the Clippers. It's a terrific opportunity. It's a great way for the Timberwolves to get optimistic about next season. I think that if you come out and you see some of the things you saw against the the Warriors played out against the Clippers, I think that is starting to now we're starting to turn a little bit towards okay maybe there is a reason to be optimistic about the creativity about the direction of this team i'm not saying it is a reason but you're starting to go in the direction of hey maybe maybe it will be a little different maybe things will be handled a little differently i don't know i'm being optimistic hopefully hopefully this plays out well and it is an indicator I just want all of this to be an indicator of how they're going to try and do things and try and be different in the regular season. And that might not be the case because, again, this is preseason. you got to take it with that grain of salt that it is preseason. But uh, hopefully hopefully it is a sign of things to come. And that, that, is, a nice, that is a nice thought for the Timberwolves faithful. All right, we're going to get to a break for some sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the outlook of this team. But first, some sponsors. Talking about the Timberwolves' next preseason game against the Los Angeles Clippers. Also talking our regular update about the Jimmy Butler saga and uh, the, the trade talks swirling around the Timberwolves and all that is going on with the Jimmy Butler situation. Now, let's talk about the outlook on this team, how teams, how, how people look at the Timberwolves. Because it, it's a little interesting. you got a lot of different aspects. So you've got 
Uh, things like you've, I, I've read articles about how Tim rules or GMs are down on the Tim rules about how uh, every year going into the, the, the regular season, you have teams get excited about, you have GMs uh, on the GM survey getting excited about this team and getting excited about the prospects on this team. And now this year, uh, the GMs are a little more down on the Timberwolves, a little less excited, a little less anticipation about what this team can accomplish. You've got people saying that this front office is a mess because of how they're handling Jimmy Butler, how Jimmy Butler's uh, trade talks are going, how they're expecting way too much, how they should be happy to grab anything. And so it's telling that the, the Timberwolves can't see the mess that they're in. Uh, but then you've also got storylines about Derrick Rose and about how uh, this is the best he's ever felt. And uh, he's going in after a healthy offseason with uh, with uh, a great anticipation for this season. You see reports on the young guys and how, how good they can be and how good the young players on this team can be. You see uh, articles being written about how uh, consolidation behind Towns may be the best thing for this Timberwolves roster. So really, when you're looking at this Timberwolves team, what's the read on this team? Because there's a, a way that you can be super negative about this, and there's a way that you can be super positive about this. And I think the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. I think that there, when I'm looking at the Timberwolves and when I'm getting a read on how, when I'm looking at how people feel about this Timberwolves team and I'm looking at how, What's the proper way to? What's the proper way to go into every game, uh, as far as expectations, as far as uh, what you should be hopeful for from the Timberwolves? Uh, just getting ready and gearing up for the regular season. Again, I've said this before. I don't think that it should be viewed as uh, a throwaway year or a constructive rebuild year or a year where you have to kind of reset the the clock on success. I think this team could be very good. And I think there's a lot of potential for a whole new way to be creative around this roster and a, a lot of potential as far as upcoming young talent, as far as uh, getting a lot of guys in the rotation and trying a bunch of different things and uh, really finding some strong spots and some nice rhythm for a bunch of different players keying in on uh, very specific parts of how they can help this basketball team, all built around a really, really exceptional player and talent in Carl ta Anthony Towns. I still think this is a playoff team. And while you still should have the same concerns about Tibbs and about the front office that you probably might have had last year going into the summer, because of how they're handling Jimmy Butler and because of how all of this is going down, I don't think that this is the way this is being done. Even even though you you can go back and say, hey, even this happens to a team like the Spurs, a well-oiled team like the Spurs, just because it happens to a different team doesn't mean that this should be considered a norm for NBA teams now, or it doesn't mean that there aren't problems with your team. And I think there are some really big problems with how the front office conducts itself and how this coaching staff conducts itself. And I, I don't think those are even close to being fixed, but that said, I think that the roster you have in front of you and, and the mix of youth with veterans 
it should be it should be cause for for a hopeful outlook on this season. And so when you're you're hearing people talk about the Timberwolves, I don't think you should read too much in the negative headlines. I don't think you should read too much into the the headlines that kind of are writing the Timberwolves off. I think this is going to be a very good team. And I think that if they use the healthy mix of veteran and young talent that they have in the right ways, this could be one of the one of maybe the, the top six teams in the West. I think that they could be a top six seed, uh, one of those six, five, six seeds in the West for sure, if they do this right. And the preseason is a little bit of a read into that. If they continue to do some of the things you saw from the first game in the next few games and continue to expand on those things, uh, again, that's not a total end-all, be-all, this is how it's going to be during the regular season. But I think that tells you uh, it's kind of like little breadcrumbs into leading into what you should be thinking towards the regular season. And so right now, that's pretty encouraging. Hopefully, we can build on that. And hopefully, the Timberwolves continue to grow as a team. And so for the Timberwolves fans out there, I would say be encouraged, be excited for this season and get ready for the Clippers game. Make sure watch out for that 30-point shooting and the defense on the three-point line. Those are the two things I'll be looking at. Those are the two things you should be looking at as well. Along with how Josh Okoge plays against fast guards. It'll be interesting to see. Make sure you're checking all that out during the game. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to another Lockdown Wolves podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You are Lockdown Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. 